Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, let's do this one last time. For real. More pictures of Spider-Man! Last call! Because this is it! Into the Spider-Verse we go with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. The end of everything is Spider-Man. Not the end of everything is Super. And I know probably a little disappointing for people like, what about Venom? But you know what? After going through the Amazing Spider-Man duology last week, the low lows we experienced there, and knowing that we will not be able to exceed the highs matched here in Spider-Verse, we're calling it. This is it. This is the happy ending that we all need, that we all deserve, and this is where it's going to go. And I'm, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one to wear this mask. Another masked Avenger, not Spider, Spider-Man, Spider, one of the thousand Spider-Men out there. It's Kevin Mondale. Kevin, what Spider-Man are you? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm me. I'm Kevin Mahadeo being Spider-Man. Because anyone can be Spider-Man. Anyone can wear the mask, Josh. You can wear the it's mask. It's so strange I though. I the thought mask. like the genetic code and all that. <laughs> <laughs> no? Man, let me tell you, jump, going from Amazing Spider-Man 2 to this movie. This was kind of the whole point, I think, though. Uh, you know, I kind yeah. of feel like the whole point of this entire Spider-Man exercise was like twofold. One was, let's talk about Spider-Man as Spider-Man and like a Spider-Man multiverse feels like it's now suddenly relevant to the Marvel Cinematic Universe easy segue away from Endgame into from Far From Home into more Spider-Man movies. That's one. Then the other was like, let's experience the low, low, you know, major 2020 vibes of Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2. And then let's swing towards something a little sunnier, at least something a little more hopeful and experience some of that, that I need my build whiplash level of, oh my God, to go from Amazing Spider-Man to one of the worst of the worst uh, modern superhero movies into Into the Spider-Verse, which I think you could make an argument for being one of the very best superhero movies full stop. Uh, really, really fun to the point that, Kevin, you and I were like filling in all of our scores before we got here on the record. We're like, six, six. There's a six there. Yeah. I'm going to add another six. So it's not just the mark of the devil. More sixes. Sixes all across the board. I, I gave sixes everywhere. I mean, let's just get this out of the way. This movie is sixes across the board for me. Um, I I adore this film. I do think it is contention. Like you can make the argument for best one of the best superhero movies. I think it's 
probably it's the best Spider-Man movie. I think where this movie succeeds, it's not just a movie. It's not just a Spider-Man movie, but it's also a movie about Spider-Man. Right. Like about the character. There's the meta textual level promise of Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think it's, it's, it's probably the best comic book movie. Um, I talked about Endgame being like a comic book event brought to life. And I do think Endgame is a comic book uh, event brought to life in the terms of like, how do you translate the, uh, medium of the idea of comics and the medium onto the screen? And they did that. They, they took the idea of comics. This is literally just a comic on screen. Um, which is which is a different level, you know. Angley tried to do it in the Hulk to to awful effect because I think he just I appreciated doesn't understand. what he was going for in theory. I well, I think I feel like it's someone if you describe what a comic book is, and then that person who you described it to who has never actually seen a comic tried to translate it. That's what Angley's like Hulk was. <laughs> yeah, I think that's yeah. exactly what what yeah. that was, and it's trash. Uh, but like this movie is very clearly, I think the heart is there like you know it's Splash not just pages like the paneled style um the, sti- the various styles this movie is made with like a dot matrix style that was what old comic books were printed with uh my fiance has lamented over the fact that literally 90 percent of her job is going through and removing those dots now to update comics into the modern modern art style yeah so as much as like she like this is just such an appreciation to see it but it's just it's so classically comic book it's such a recognizable format and the details the details detail detail details in this movie is is insane um it, it, and just fantastic uh, amazing spectacular all the words all the words it's just this is the one this is the movie that like uh this is this is the reason we did this i think uh i it, whether consciously or subconsciously um so so let me just get some stuff out of the way so we are we are calling it here on spider-man we are certainly not calling it here on everything is super uh it would be very awkward if we did especially because two weeks ago we were like we're going to do that show. We're going to do that. We are. We're still doing all that. We're still doing all that. What we're doing is we're changing course slightly. We were going to go to Venom. I don't think either of us really have the appetite for it. We'll see Venom when Venom 2 is a thing. I'm sure we will have an opportunity to go back to Venom. Let's just put that off into the future. We hurt ourselves enough with The Amazing Spider-Man last week. Um, so we're calling it on Spider-Man here. This is the end of the Spider-Man line. And we still got some time on the clock. Before WandaVision, uh, uh, a couple of podcasts worth of time uh, before we get into WandaVision. Um, so we know we want to do like a WandaVision preview before WandaVision officially starts. And since that's on the board for us scheduling wise, it leaves us with two podcast slots where we don't have anything, uh, you know, necessarily to talk about as far as the series was. Well, it's very handy then, Kevin, that a movie is coming out this week. Believe it or not, yes, it is. a film is arriving this a, week. A real movie. <laughs> a real movie that people seem to really enjoy. It's a sequel to a movie that I definitely really enjoyed, I would say 90% of, uh, yep. and am, am really excited to talk about because I haven't revisited this movie since it came out. And, Kevin, it will be our first full-fledged DC Comics foray here on Everything is Super. So next week, we are watching Wonder Woman. We are watching Wonder Woman. I hate the guitar riff so much, but I'm so excited to just do it so many times. so well in the Wonder Woman movie, though. You love it. You love it. It's very Zack Snydery to me. Is the How dare you? 
I mean, it is Zack Snyder. It was originated in so the So I just like, Snyder-verse. I can't stop thinking of Zack Snyder when I hear it, but whatever. The movie is great. I'm really excited to use it as um, a, an opportunity to just talk DC generally, but to talk Wonder Woman specifically. Um, what are the lessons that could be learned from these movies, uh, assuming that Wonder Woman 1984, which is going to be uh, coming out on Christmas Day uh, on HBO Max and in theaters, if there's a safe theater situation for you, very envious if that's the case, um, that uh, hopefully that movie lives up to the first one because the first Wonder Woman is just tremendous. Not a character that like I have a ton of comic book history with, um, but a character who I, who I really, really like, and I love her portrayal in, uh, in that first movie, and I'm really amped up for movie number two. So that's the plan. Um, Wonder Woman on Everything is Super coming your way December 31st. Get your feedback in super at postshowrecaps.com. After that, Kevin, uh, very exciting to to say that the Wonder Woman 1984 podcast will be coming very shortly thereafter. Uh, We're going to be moving Everything is Super off of Thursdays to Mondays uh, to start accommodating for WandaVision, uh, which is going to be a Friday show, gives us the weekends to to get our thoughts together, record the podcasts, drop those on Mondays. That's the game plan with WandaVision. So we're going to start that process with it's Wonder Woman the first on December 31st on a Thursday. And then the following Monday on January 4th, we are dropping Wonder Woman 1984. That is the immediate everything is super plan. And following that, we will be in WandaVision mode with a preview into the series itself. How does that sound? I mean, it sounds wonderful, which I feel <laughs> everything like... Everything is wonderful! Everything is wonderful, which oh. will lead great uh, right everything into is every, wonderful. everything is And all right, thank you, Josh. You, you, right, right, we're right here. We're right and, here. And we're, how about this, Kevin? We're like Miles and Peter. <laughs> how about this, Kevin? Uh, in, in this movie, Gwen initially introduces herself as Gwanda. So this as movie Gwanda. is Gwandaful <laughs> into next week, which is wonderful, into wonderful. It really works quite well. It's, it's all coming together. I, You know, it was really funny because um, when I was watching this with my fiance, we've been doing various watches of things. And so, like, we were jumping around. Like, we've been watching New Girl, and it's just like New Girl, which has Jake Johnson, takes us into Spider-Verse, which has Jake Johnson, but also Chris Pine, which takes us into Wonder Woman. Like, there's just a lot of, like, connections there for this. Yes, it's it all bobs and weaves. It's all connected, as Jeff Loeb once said. Uh, Sorry to trigger you, Kevin. I know that. Definitely did. Definitely did. (laughs) Uh, The other thing I'll say, so this is, this will be our first opportunity to really talk uh, the DC Universe on film um, here on every thing is super but before that if you are a member of the post show recaps patreon and you are a member at the discord level then you've got the opportunity to watch a couple of movies with us live in the discord this week uh in uh with the holidays upon us and everyone's spread out so far uh many of us alone we want to bring some sense of togetherness so in the discord we're watching a couple of movies for the holidays including on christmas eve at 2 p.m eastern as well as christmas day at 2 p.m eastern uh and these are movies that we are watching based on polls that are up in the discord while there is still some debate about the second movie we're going to watch. There is no longer any debate about the first movie we're going to watch. So on Christmas Eve at 2 p.m. Eastern in the Post Show Recaps patron discord, you can join us to watch Batman Returns, one of the great Christmas movies of all time. Batman Returns, happening 2 p.m. Eastern in the Post Show Recaps patron discord on Christmas 
Eve, Kevin. How about that? I mean, I think the turnaround uh, from you hearing this in your ears to when it's happening is probably got to be pretty quick because this podcast <laughs> drops on a Thursday. Uh, maybe we'll try and get it out to you a little bit early in that case so that you've got some time to to make a plan. I think, Josh, uh, did you know that mistletoes are deadly if you eat it? Mm -hmm. I did. (laughs) I did know that. Uh, I also know that at any time it could be worse because my nose could be gushing blood, as it was (laughs) for the guy named Joshua uh, in Batman Returns. And as a child, Kevin, that stuck with me. Uh, So we'll have like, it's a little bit of a, Kevin, I think you're going to be in there. You're going to try and swing through if you can. Uh, swing through, <laughs> you know. Uh, so we're we're gonna have a good time there if you're able to if you're able to to join us. So if you're not a member of the Patreon yet, maybe this is good incentive. patreoncom slash recaps to watch Batman Returns with us on Christmas Eve at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, you know, before we even get into this, let's let's just take. Uh, how about one more quick sidebar? You up for one more quick sidebar? How about this? Why don't I tell you right here, right now, that support. For this podcast comes from Pluto TV. Need an escape? Drop into Pluto TV for a world of free TV. Stream hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and shows all for free. Yeah, free. No subscriptions, no fees. Imagine 24-7 channels of Narcos, CSI, Star Trek, Survivor, and everything else from hit movies to binge-worthy TV shows, the latest news, live sports, comedy, and more. What are you waiting for? Download the free Pluto TV app for Android, iPhone, Roku, and Fire TV and start streaming now. Pluto TV drop in watch free kevin into the spider-verse we go and i don't even know where to begin because it's all so great i'm gonna begin even like like not even just at the beginning like the beginning of the actual viewing experience dude i've seen this movie several times at this point and i was still losing my mind i remember in the theaters i lost it and even watching it now i lost it when it was the columbia pictures logo and they just flickering through the alternate reality versions of the Columbia Pictures logo to the Marvel logo flickering to like all the production companies. I was so pumped about that. Like it is not a secret about how much I love the multiverse stuff. And this movie, none of the pages of Spider-Man, it's such a good play of the multiverse itself and the potential of stuff like that. This movie's crazy, man. There's just so much greatness. This movie even has, in my opinion, of all we've watched, the other thing we were tracking, the best New York moment. I think yeah. the most New York moment, I think, is in this movie, uh, which we could talk about. Ta- but- ta- talk about it right now. You're already here. All right. So, like, uh, I think there's two, right? There's the, there's the one that, that feels obvious, which is after uh, Miles is swinging around with unconscious Peter B. Parker, and they hit the floor, and he's just like... Uh, Hey, maybe you guys can go around and no one does. It's just like, thanks, New York. Very, very New York. Extremely New York. I think the most New York moment, uh, and we'll see here, is stand clear of the closing doors, please. That sound. Yeah, it's perfect. Every every New Yorker knows that. It's perfect. It's, <laughs> it's perfect. Like when that hit, I'm just like, oh my god. It's the exact thing. <laughs> it's the exact thing. Yeah, this movie is like everything that we've wanted over the past several weeks. Uh even even more so than uh the MCU Spider-Man. You know? Yeah. Uh this is this is and I mean it's it's tight because I lo- I love those movies too, but there's something singular about Spider-Verse for me. Uh it's one of those movies that for me, you know, Critics were really losing their mind when this came out. The reviews were really hot. And I remember being like, oh, my God, hype levels are really high. 
uh, for, and I was very surprised by it. it kind of like snuck up on me. Uh, you know, especially after seeing, you know, the movies we've just talked about, I think like, you know, going from the streak of Spider-Man three through amazing Spider-Man two, there's just not a lot of like faith that Sony is going to bust out a great Spider-Man movie, especially now that like Tom Holland's back in the Marvel cinematic universe at this point as Peter Parker, uh, not even back in that Spider-Man is back in. So it's like, uh, all right, well, Sony can try and do a thing. What are they going to do? And then it's this movie and it's being received so well that I, I remember going into theaters with like really high expectations and having this incredibly odd sensation of those expectations being exceeded. Uh, it doesn't happen very often uh, that you go in with, you know, the great Rob Sesternino likes to say that the key to happiness is low expectations. Uh, <laughs> and they were through the roof for Spider-Verse based on like the critical reaction of people saying this is the best movie of the year for some people in uh, like certain circles. Uh, and it, it really didn't disappoint both in terms of how, uh, visually unique it is, how much of its own like sense of style and identity it possesses while simultaneously possessing so many uh, additional styles and identities. Like its style and identity is that it is, it has a million identities, you know, like that is, that is a big piece of this is this idea. Uh, you know, the theme that is resonating throughout this movie is like any one of you could do it. You could, it could be you. You can you can pick up the you can pick up the mantle and and be Spider-Man and you can move forward through life with uh, championing the causes that this character is designed to champion and uh, face the odds the way that this character faces them. Uh, And I think to marry that with uh, with so many different art styles is such a bold choice and it's it's pulled off so well and I still don't fully understand how they were able to to get away with it and what I'll also say Kevin is I've only seen it I I had only seen it the one time I never watched it again after I saw it in theaters and it was one of the purest theatrical experiences of my life uh on Friday night uh of last week uh, I was having trouble going to sleep uh, I figured I'd start watching something it would it would start knocking me out it didn't. It was, uh, I think I was watching an episode of Clone Wars, uh, and I still wasn't like tired enough to go to sleep. So I was like, I'm going to just like, you know, next week is very busy, packed schedule. It's going to be hard to find the time to watch Spider-Verse unless I try and break it up into a couple of viewings, which I typically don't like to do. But I figured I'll watch like up until Peter B. Parker shows up. Uh, like that feels like that's a, that's like a solid half hour of movie. I'll chip away at it. And it was like uh, midnight at this point, some somewhere around there. And I ended up crushing the entire movie right there. That was how I experienced Into the Spider-Verse again, was intending to just, like, kind of do my job with it, like, sort of, like, going into it unromantically uh, and finding myself in bed, just, like, at the edge of my bed, (laughs) watching the movie, being, like, completely wowed all over again by the Liv Octavius reveal, um, by, uh, you know, the incredible ferocity of the Nicolas Cage performance, uh, the great John Mulaney. Hell yeah to John Mulaney, let me just say, for all of the freaking reasons. Hell yeah to that man. Uh, Hamming it up as Spider-Ham. This movie just rocks so hard. It's a chart buster, Kevin. Uh, a six out of six doesn't contain this movie for me. No, absolutely. And like I this is my fourth or fifth time watching it. So I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I've seen this movie a lot um, and which doesn't even account the amount of time that I've listened to the soundtrack, which I love, like specifically, you know, um, what's up danger and elevate 
Um, you know, what's of danger? The one that uh, is playing when Miles first dons the suit and you know takes the leap of faith. Um, and Elevate is the end credit song, which we talk about also some of the best end credits I've seen <laughs> ever. Um, it, you know, this movie is is so so well done. Um, from the performances to the character work to the like, you know, again the the the, the idea of what Spider Man is. Uh, like I said, the music. Um, and, it, and it is like, you know, uh, we talked about this a little bit, like the idea of like, oh, Sony did this. And I really don't, I, I can't, I don't know. I mean, I hate to be that person, but I, I it's, it's so difficult to give credit to Sony for this. I feel like Amazing Spider-Man 2 flopped. They don't give a shit about animation because no studio usually does, unless that is your job in the studio. Like, um, so I, I think they, they thought this was nothing and they let the creators go wild. And I'm glad they did. I mean, you know, the directors on this, there was two new directors who hadn't done stuff before, really. And one director who had done, I believe, Rise of the Guardians was their previous work, uh, which is in it of itself a, a weird Avengers-esque story, um, <laughs> where it's the uh, different characters uh, from, from holidays coming together, uh, which is which is highly amusing. And then, of course, the, the writing. Um, one of the directors was a writer, and the co-writer was Phil Lord. And I think, for me... Knowing that um, Christopher Miller and Phil Lord were involved in this um, was almost a guarantee for me. I, I'm I'm a really big fan of those guys and the stuff they've done. Um, you know, we, we can you point to the Lego Street. movie. I I love Jump Street so much. <laughs> like you don't understand. That is the movie. Like I went no, into Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, I I thought that movie was going to be so dumb, and it, it is far funnier than it has any right to be yeah. and it is the movie that turned me around on Channing Tatum like 100% I did not get it and then I saw that movie and I'm like I will die for you Channing um, like so you know beyond that though I mean like throwing it way back uh, they are they are the creators of Clone High which is a hilarious animated show um, that I thoroughly enjoyed um, the, the Lego movie of course um, you know Last Man on Earth which I really liked uh, th- there's just so much that they've done so so there's a lot in this here that I think works for it. And the people involved were strong creative, you know, uh, creatives all the way through. And it paid off in dividends. I mean, there's so much in this film to to rant and rave and talk about. I mean, we talked about the like, OK, let's do this one more time. And you see the comic book origins of these characters. It's it's so fantastic um, to to the comedy. I mean, the comedy is there's so much. Jake Johnson is is a comedic genius. He's so good. Um, his deliveries are so fantastic that that part you talk about the delivery reveal, just that like, OK, reexist F3, reexamine my personal biases like that's so great to like the in that entire sequence where he's just like selecting a bagel, like all his delivery is so great, which doesn't even touch on probably our personal faves, which is the Nick Cage of it all. And every line out of Spider-Man Noir's mouth. Like, I wrote them practically all down where it's just like, I drink egg creams and fight Nazis. I, let, I, I say to this day constantly, I let meshes burn down to my fingertips so I can feel something. Anything. Oh my God. I relate to that so much. Yeah. Like, it's so good. We don't pick the ballroom. We just dance. Like, everything out of that character's mouth is so good and so funny. Um, and the emotion. There's so much emotion in this movie. Um, there's so much heart in this movie. It, it's wild it's crazy how how well done it is from just start to finish it has a lot going on um like whether it's uh you know i think a a great example of it is everything that goes on with the first main spider-man that we meet 
in the movie, the Chris Pine version. Yes. With the blonde hair. Uh, Which starts off with all the references. Oh, yes. my gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah. W- whether it's him, you know, doing the, the Toby Spider-Man 3 stuff. Yeah, it's so great. And it was so fun, Kevin, to have that stuff so fresh uh, yeah. with the upside down kiss and everything. Like, it was really, really nice. The to actual have the- real world popsicle uh, reference. Like, there was just so much. It was really, really funny. Um, but I, I think that, like, the tone of the movie is really well captured with the way that Chris Pine as that first Spider-Man, as that first Peter Parker Spider-Man interacts with Miles uh, when uh, Miles and he come into contact uh, and he's like both like being quippy, but also being like massively heroic. Uh, and the tone is b- somehow both like funny and light yet really heavy. And um, I, I think only if you know, like what the Miles Morales origin story is, are you really suspecting that this, you know, gigantic King, pin is going to come up to Spider-Man and and crush him and kill him in front of Miles Morales because that's the Miles Morales origin story from the Ultimate Comics universe is not quite that um, but it's the death of Peter Parker uh, is is followed by the rise of Miles Morales as Spider-Man to kind of pick up the mantle and fill the void and so they're adapting that idea and turning that into a big screen story here um, and I think the fact that these things can 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 coexist within the the space of this movie like that's a it's a delicate dance to 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 master uh the, certainly toby Maguire would struggle uh all of his smooth <laughs> moves notwithstanding um and the way that the film is able to ride that emotion from miles witnessing this horrible thing while his life is changing because he's got all the powers now and he's like you know we've already gone through at this point him like uh being unable to unstick himself from Gwen's hair uh, and him like wandering like his whole discovery sequence is so funny um but to go from the heartbreak the trauma uh as a viewer this is you know for a young generation of kids this is like watching Optimus Prime die uh you know in the in the Transformers animated movie it's like this is horrible stuff and not i i can't remember time wise is this uh before or after uh, i think this is a couple of uh, months before uh or no it's it's just it's shortly after spider-man has already died this year right like because this is december 2018 right so infinity war has already come out so yep. we're, we're a few months out so two spider-man died in 2018 in movie theaters what the hell uh and this one is i think a really hard one to watch and yet like it's able to to go from that and like ride through the um like the the somber nature of like the final stan lee cameo which is such a tearjerker and so emotional and the suit always fits eventually um to then getting into the Peter B. Parker stuff to bring us back to like some levity and like uh, like the way he's like tripping out over the ceiling and the colors and everything like that. The fact that this movie can surf all of that uh, is so impressive. That stretch of movie for me, um, I don't know if it's my favorite part of the movie, but it is it is sort of like the that's like the that's where all of like the the proof becomes positive for me is that stretch of the movie that like the fact that they are able to negotiate all of that from the death of one Peter Parker to the uh, reemergence of a different Peter Parker, the way that they handle all of that with miles as the through line is utterly fantastic. Tonally, this movie just has everything you could possibly want from a really great Spider-Man story. Cause he's a character that's really light, but as the grounded superhero, he's often dealing with some heavy ass shit. It's it's so 
like everything you said obviously seconded and and this might be an interesting way to break this movie down because it's so difficult because there's so much happening yeah um but like looking at it from like the perspective of characters right let's let's start there this movie is incredible in terms of like the fact that the main characters like miles peter b gwen and even uh miles's dad jefferson all have character arcs in this film which is insane um, each of them go through a journey and end up different at the end of it. And it's incredible to pull off that accomplishment in, in a film so dense um, because you have several main characters and they're able to do this with with with, with all of them having a journey. Um, but to start off, like, let's talk about the Chris Pine, right? Um, that version of, of Spider-Man, I think, is arguably the best interpretation of the character we have seen um, in terms of like. If you look at what Spider-Man, who Spider-Man is and how he acts and what he's about, that's this version right here. That's the Chris Pine version. Um, like you said, from, from, from the quippiness, but to, to being a hero, to the kindness that he has with Miles, um, you know, MJ described it perfectly, right? Like, he was just a kid that happened to get bit. He chose to be Spider-Man. Because once he dies, that becomes a journey. Like, Miles is trying to figure out how does one become Spider-Man? What does it mean to be Spider-Man? And that is what the thrust of this is. But it started there with this Chris Pine character. And I think if you look at the comics, if you look at, like, how how does this character, you know, how is he in the comics? How does he come to life? It is, I think, Chris Pine's version is the most accurate one um and i think lifted perfectly i think his version while we don't see a lot of it just the pieces we get i think beats out everyone else even tom holland um in terms of like what is the character and what what is the character like that's not to detract i think from from the others um if we want to shift over sticking let's let's stick with peter parker at the moment just because uh miles is 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 a far bigger conversation but uh when peter b parker shows up i think i love him so much he's he's incredible i love him so much He's so good. Like, first of all, as an actor, Jake Johnson is hilarious. We just finished the entire rewatch of New Girl again. This is like our third time doing that. And it just gets better with every watch. And he's so good in it. His delivery, his comedy chops is so fantastic. And he brings that to Peter Parker in a way that I think really works. Because this is also, to me, a version of Peter Parker we haven't seen. But I think a great evolution of the character. This is a version of the character that's been doing this for 22 years. We haven't really seen a lot of that in the comics. And I think it is as how the character could have ended up going through what he went through, going through a divorce, being kind of like this sad person that he is sometimes. I think it's so accurate to it. But he has those moments of heart. I think the idea of him coming around to having a kid, realizing that he loves this part of it, like that moment where he has that just like, oh my God, I think I want to be a dad. Like that's so great for that character and such a great journey for that character and totally still feels like Peter Parker to me. Um, yeah, it just everything he does is so great in this when his, his mentorship to miles, it's just, it's insane how good that version is. And I know a lot of people are like, well, is it really Spider-Man? I'm like, yeah, I think it is. I think it's still a Spider-Man that we haven't seen. It's one that has been broken a bit because that can happen to, to someone who's supposed to be like a normal person like Spider-Man is. And to have him come back around, I have the idea be that it's it's a leap of faith is so great and so amazing yes. um, for that character. Uh, but yeah, I want to hear your takes. Go ahead. Go no, I, on I, the, you know what? The, the I, I love, I, so, so everything about Chris Pine, uh, as Spider-Man, just to start there, uh, as Peter Parker, I, I just love, I, I want to see him in, um, Spider-Man three. If, if the MCU Spider-Man three really is going multiversal, like I would love to see them, uh, bring Chris Pine in, uh, cause I think he is a sublime Spider-Man. 
Is that a superlative that they applied? I don't think there's ever been the sublime Spider-Man. But Seems not right. No. <laughs> Seems icky. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like it does feel like uh, certain songs would be playing in the background. But maybe that explains the bleach blonde hair. I don't know. Uh, but I, I love this version of Peter Parker. But Peter B. Parker, on this rewatch, really hit hard. Maybe it's like the mid-30s thing being here uh, in a very, very amazingly happy marriage, but, you know, still, like, being able to, like, relate to some of the malaise of Spider-Man, you know, of, like, the, you know, the <laughs> the body isn't working quite the way that it worked once before. Uh, I've worked out, got strong. <laughs> so funny. The gut, you know, um, even just, like, the aesthetic of the, of the overcoat and the sweatpants uh, just cracks me up uh and i think jake johnson's uh vocal work is is just amazing and there's just like some really funny performance choices uh that that he does but also like performance choices that the um that the that is reflected in the animation of the character uh and in the scripting of the character you know that's the beauty of animation is so many so many different masters at work to make a character come to life uh and all of that is is it comes into like holy harmony for me when they're escaping the lab and uh peter b parker chucks the bagel uh yes and it says bagel when he when it hits the person it's so good (laughs) Like, there's just so many little details like that, that I feel like you could watch this a hundred times and you'd still find something new every time. Um, that's a, that's a pretty amazing feat. Um, so I, I love him. I love the paternal quality from him towards Miles. Uh, I love the ways in which he's showing, uh, showing Miles the webs, as it were. Uh, I love how he's like, you'll, you, this is the time, this is the moment you just gotta shoot. And then Miles just like slams into a tree. Uh, but then when they're doing like swing and release, swing yes. and, and you're doing it, you're doing it, buddy. Me, um, the master who does it so well, and you, yeah, who doesn't do it as well. <laughs> who doesn't do it as well? Yeah, just like and like sort of like the breathlessness to that is really really funny. Like the windedness uh, yeah. to it is just is it, is really really fun. It's really great. And it's you know, and I think what's powerful too about that character is that he's not all just comedy, right? Because that's the thing about Peter Parker. He is funny. He's got the quippiness. He's got the humor to him. But he has that heart, and we see it continuously through Peter B. Parker. I mean, along with the paternal aspect to Miles, you just have these moments. Even when he's you know um, uh, uh, fighting, he's still looking out. He's still being a hero. He's still being protective. I mean, when he's telling Miles he's got to run, he's got to get out of there. When they're having the brawl in Aunt May's house later on after that. Um, the way he's trying to protect Miles throughout. I mean, there, there's just so much there about heroic quality to stay behind that he wanted to, you know, he wanted to choose to stay well, behind. He's Peter Parker at the end of the day. Exactly. And, and you know, he he's he's going to do exactly what Chris Pine did. Uh, yes. And then it's like Miles's heroic choice to be like, no, I'm doing this and you have to trust me that home, I can man. do it. Yeah. You got to go home. And the heroic choice that Peter B. Parker makes is to live his life. Yeah, it's because to, it's, a le- it's to live. You don't know it's going to turn out okay. It's a leap of faith, like the the, the it's stuff beautiful. like that, that. It's very beautiful. That leap of faith moment, like when he confronts Miles in his room, and like again, like these these things. He's not just comedy, and I think that's key. Is like you know when he's holding him, and he's just like, "All right, then then Venom strike me right now." Like stuff like that, I think is so strong and so powerful, and like really speaks to exactly who Peter Parker and Spider Man is as a character, and it, it just works so 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 well. Um and and uh obviously the the intelligence i think is something to call out to um you know that is a big part of the peter parker character and for all his like jokiness he's clearly very smart he was able to memorize a password like that after just seeing it typed once 
Um, and there's just all of that, all that stuff I think works and, and, and shows that like, as much as people sometimes are like, is that Peter Parker? It's like, no, that's definitely Peter Parker. It's just a different version of the character, a little bit tweaked, a little bit different, but the heart of that character speaks to exactly who the character is Yeah, and speaks to who Spider-Man is. It's not just the fact that it's like, oh, it's Peter Parker. It's that heart and that heroism that, that makes Peter Parker or makes Spider-Man who he is that makes anyone able to be Spider-Man. It's the willingness to be a hero. Yeah. Uh, Well, let's talk through miles before we get too far, because this is his movie. You know, we've been talking about Peter Parker for so long. You know, we've been spending weeks talking about Peter Parker. Hello, Miles Morales. Uh, Who's Morales? He's so good. <laughs> he's so- that might be one of my favorite lines. Just to act dumb. Who's Morales? Not that dumb. Like yeah. so good. It's really, it's really, really, really great. Uh, everything that like his whole like journey through getting bit and like finding out like about his powers, um, but also the emotional journey of what's going on with, with him and his dad, him and his uncle. Uncle. Um, you know, the, the, the Prowler stuff is really, really sad. So sad, that whole storyline, but really, really, really great. Um, I don't know. Talk to me about, talk to me about Miles. I, I love this character so much. I love, I love uh, going on this journey with him. Yeah, and I think the power of this movie and what it does so well, in my opinion, is that it takes someone where you're just like, okay, well, well, Peter, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. He's the only one who could be Spider-Man. And makes you really, I think, follow along with Miles. Like, you're Miles trying to go through this journey of how the hell do I actually fill the shoes of Spider-Man? How can I do that? How can I, how can I you know, grow into this costume? Um, and and they, they execute it perfectly. Like, he's a kid on a journey who doesn't know what he's doing here why you know how how he could possibly possibly live up to it he's got stuff going on that i think is relatable with his parents even though he's clearly extremely intelligent um all his problems are relatable to all of us and i think again that speaks to part of that spider-man character he's extremely relatable the stuff with his uncle is so great we have those relationships uh with our family members um obviously the stuff with his dad and that that drama of trying to express love in such a way especially when you grow up in as a teenager and not wanting to, I think that speaks to, to a lot of little things in there. Um, and just, oh man, I, his, his, the little intricacies of this character, him singing, right? Like when you first see him, he's, he's singing badly and he doesn't know all the words. So then he cuts out some parts, the relatability. He does that later when he's trying to calm down. Um, and I think the the big moment that at the end of the day, he does want to be a hero. He does want to do good with these powers that he has, despite the tragedy he experiences, which is, again, very Spider-Man. Um, I love when he finally does his leap of faith, right? Like that scene is so great. As I said, as they're playing What's Up Danger, it's so great because it is the theme of the movie is that you don't know. You just have to jump. And they establish that he's still sticky when he's still nervous and unsure when he's still tense. And the fact that like it's a small detail, but like when he jumps, the fact that the glass breaks because he's still stuck to it because he's still nervous. He's still scared, but he's still legit making that leap of faith, literally forcing himself off. It's such a great small character beat. Yeah. And to see him come full circle uh, or not full circle all the way to the uh, until the end of the movie where he's the one who who is like, no, this is my fight. I have to stay behind. This is this is what I got to do to. It's just there's just so much in there that, that, that makes this character so likable, so lovable. The hay, like just, there's just so much in there. So that, that, that is so awesome about this character that you just instantly like him. Yeah. I think there's one of the things that's so satisfying about it too, is that like, um, 
it's it's the journey like there there's a journey through miles of like uh it's like the journey of the world through miles as spider-man in in a way uh, I, there's you know the world mourns the the loss of peter parker as spider-man and like there's like the big uh gathering in new york everyone's wearing spider masks and everyone is like uh grieving the like this this huge cataclysmic seismic event and then when you contrast that towards the end of the movie uh, and Miles has has webbed up Kingpin, and he's walking through the crowd, and he's high fiving with people, and he still kind of like clutches his way out of like the hero shot at the very end. But this idea of like, um, we still have this, we still got this. Like things are, are never going to be perfect, but they might be okay. Uh, Spidey's back, and Spidey never really went anywhere. Um, like there's there's something about that. Watching that now that hit very powerfully for me on, on this watch through uh, and having that tethered through uh, through this character specifically, who just has so much freaking heart uh, is so funny uh, is somebody who, who I, re- I, I love, I love the anxiety piece that comes with miles Morales. Um, even like uh, uh, the, the one thing I would say is like, I, I wish that he'd kept the, the Cape, with the costume when he's like standing there, <laughs> he calls out the cape on the other costume later. You know, so he, he looked so great with the cape, but uh, he's he's just such an awesome character, and I'm really eager for uh, the MCU. Hopefully, it's the MCU to to bring him to live action at some point. But I'm just eager to see him in live action at some point. But I'm so thrilled that uh, you know a greater swath of the mainstream now knows who this character is beyond just the paneled page. Uh, And whenever we get there, I think it's going to be really, really exciting. I think it's also, you know, important to call this out, right? Like, not only is the character so likable, relatable, like, we follow his journey. I think this is also a huge, obviously, representation matters aspect, right? 100%. You have a a half-black, half-Latino character um, that is taking on the mantle of one of the most well-known, most popular characters, not even just in comics in the world. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. And so you have that aspect of it. And, and I think they, they do such a good job tying that into the character, making it part, is a part of his identity without making it the defining characteristic of his identity, which I think a lot of characters, when it comes to representation, they kind of fumble that ball in my opinion, but they do such a phenomenal job with that and throwing it out even to, you know, the importance of this character and showing the care that the, the creators of this movie had, um, this character came about because of Donald Glover. Right. Um, Donald Glover spoke about the fact that he would love to be Spider-Man, and this character was essentially invented because of that notion. Well, there was a point, huge petition. Uh, huge there was a petition huge petition to get Donald Glover to be Spider-Man when they were doing the recasting after Toby. And it would have been incredible, to the point that there was an episode of Community, uh, shout out to the Community Watch podcast. Community building, uh, building yes. Community building, um, where... Uh, after after their break uh, during during the summer, uh, the, it starts off where Donald Glover as Troy gets out of bed and he's wearing Spider Man pajamas and he's wearing uh, essentially the Spider Man costume and it's a brief moment but it's such a shout out to the fans and this movie is so aware of it all that that scene is in this movie yeah it is on the TV in Aaron Davis's apartment. And then he ends up playing, Donald Glover ends up playing Aaron Davis in the MCU. Right. So there's a lot here, a lot of levels that are happening. And going to that, Miles' relationship with his uncle, I think the reveal 
you know, I, I, I knew who Prowler was just from knowing the comics, but I think if you didn't, I think the reveal is played really, really well. Yeah, I, did I don't not think know it's it, telegraphed. So it played really well for me. Yeah, and like it's such a see, like when it happens, it's so brutal, and you it's a heartbreaker see, in a lot it, of different ways. Yeah, yes, yes, and uh, the scene, of course, where he dies. There's just so much that 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 is there, and leading into, I think, the powerful moment um, of it all is after it all happens and he says like you don't understand and like they're just like we're probably the only ones that do understand and it's true and i like that aspect too because it, it is like one of those things where it's like tragedy is such an important part of the spider-man character and his and and uh their journey that um they tie it into this well without having it be like the dominating force you know it, it really does come down to that great power great responsibility more than it necessarily does about like who died um, and I think like we get a little bit wonky there, but like it just plays extremely, extremely, extremely well. And I think it's just it's it's insane. And yeah, I you know I I I want to I haven't bought it yet because I'm uh, I might get it for Christmas. We'll see. I don't know. But if I don't, I'm buying it. The Spider Man Miles Morales game had has come out recently. Um, he was introduced in the first one, so I'm really excited to like play that. And there's just so much about this character that I think this movie did such a great job introducing to the world and making the world really, really love him. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. Um, Spider-Gwen. Have you read a lot of Spider-Gwen comics, uh, personally? Unfortunately, no. no. Um, yeah. Spider-Gwen is, like, it, it, that, that character came about when I wasn't reading a lot of comics, and I'm yeah. still, like, touch and go at comics just because of time. Um, but I was very much aware of the character, and I love the conceited character. You know, um, uh, the the costume alone, I was like, "God damn, what unreal!" A look. Like with like and the like, ac- the accent ballet slippers, the teal yes. slippers, like everything is so dope. Uh, the hood. it's so awesome, and the punk aspect. She's in a band, and I love that haircut. I'm just a big fan of that haircut in general. I love the I love the side cut. You're a but, hair um, guy. You love hair. Like you, you always got your eye on the on the hair I of do. characters. I do. I'm, yeah. I'm a hair guy. Yeah. Um, uh, but like, yeah, and, and I, I love the introduction of, uh, introduction of that character as well, right? Like, again, me, I knew who it was the moment she showed up. But if you don't know, it's such a great moment where she's having this interaction with Miles. Like, she's having that conversation with him in, in the hallway or, or in the in the lobby of the school where he actually sticks to her. And the clues are kind of there, you know? Like, obviously, she, like, flips him and then she gets her hair cut. Yeah. Like, it's such a great character who, again, is different and and has her own personality. And I think Haley Steinfeld, the actress, obviously, who, who portrayed this her, who be Kate a, Bishop, you know, yes, she's a Hawkeye. phenomenal, a phenomenal actress uh, across the board. Like she's she's amazing and great. And she did such a good job with this character as well. She felt like she had her own identity. Like I said, she goes through her own character journey. Someone who decided to like cut off friends because of her own tragedy, having to go through this and learning about like friendship and the importance of like knowing those other people out there like you to a potential like flirtation relationship with miles. I love that. I love yeah. that so goddamn much for so many reasons that yes is one, because I think they do a good job kind of building that here. And I think they're just such likable characters that I just want to be like now kiss, but yeah. also uh, interrelation interracial relationships is yes. I'm going to admit another huge factor for me that this is existing. You don't really see it a lot on TV. You especially don't see it with like a black man and a white woman. So Yes, I'm very excited about that fact that this is a potential, but I don't want to define her by a relationship. That's more of a her and Miles thing. Um, But like as a character, she's just so great and she's so unique. And I think she's so different, like her style and how she moves and how she fights, I think is also extremely different um, from the other two. So 
that's another one where it's just so great in, in, in the care and effort they put into building that world. When you see her origin story, another one, like all the different glimpses into their, their realities so are fun. so fun. It's just, an, yeah. it's another aspect of this movie that I think is just so great. Uh, is and I just love the way that they frame it and how they phrase it every time. It's like okay, for the last time, uh, you know, it's like yep. even on the first on the first round, but like just like kind of acknowledging that like origin stories are sort of weak and uh, well trodden territory at this point, and yet even with that wink towards that, they're like simultaneously we are going to give you like a movie that is filled with origin stories and you're going to love every single one of them. Uh, it's well, just like I, kind of like a ballsy thing to do. It is, and I just love also, like, the the origin story, like you said, it's not super-duper important. We Most of us know it, and it's like the little details are different, but cores are the same, and I think that's the that what this movie does so well, is that the, we talked about core tenets of the character and what defines the character and the personality, and I think this does a good job. Like, sometimes he gets hit by a drone, but a lot of times, almost all the time, there's a tragedy aspect to it. Um, you know, the the the, the idea of the, the web swinging, all that stuff is the same. Sometimes, you know... Uh, <laughs> Doc Ock has like weird um, translucent tentacles. Other times it's the mechanical tentacles. Like it's the little things that are different, but the cores are the same. And I think that's what this movie does so well in in its portrayal of Spider-Man and, and, and how, what that character means and how the idea of can anyone wear the mask and how does that then, you know, um, uh, cohese with the idea of like what makes that character who he is. Yeah. Um, so then, then like, if that's not enough, the movie introduces three more Spider-Men. There's three more Spider-Men introduced into the movie. Let me tell you, dude, when this, like, I was already so into this movie. When they show up, when the rest of them show up, when Aunt May is like, you're not the, you, you don't think you're the first ones to think to come here, are you? When the rest of them show up, I lost my goddamn mind yeah. like it's just that movie it gets next level what does spider-man say about up. uh miles's roommate he's like do animals talk in do your- animals talk in this reality because i don't want to freak them out <laughs> spider-man is so great every one of those characters is so good yeah. uh spider-ham is so hilarious his name is peter porker yeah i just love when they're when they're all jumping over their origin stories and you act again the small details they're all saying just like i was bit by a radioactive spider and you hear him say like i was bit by a radioactive pig and they right. all turn and look at him like it, it's just like like little things like that where he's just like i sing and i dance and i do it like and yeah. he has the the mallet <laughs> the, that's all folks can he say that like legally like it's and john mulaney you know again like all the yes to john mulaney so much love for him as as a performer and a comedian and um you know whatever's happening in the world right now yeah uh you know only only love to that guy uh, I, there's a hilarious, amazing story when he came in to to record his voices. They let a lot of ad libbing happen, and he was just dropping f bombs and curse words. <laughs> and uh, he, he was told yeah. this story, and then he asked them, like, you know, they would say nothing. It's like, okay, great, let's let's do a different take. And then he asked them, like, so like, what is this rage? And they're like, oh, like PG. And he's just like, oh, so like all of that stuff uh, can't use any of it. Okay, great. <laughs> like it's just so, so funny that like he did that. <laughs> uh, he's so great, and obviously, I mean, I'm somebody who literally has on my wall uh, a uh, an iPhone case that has Nicolas Cage's face on it that I had him sign as my final act as a full time MTV News employee. Uh, I went to a, a a movie junket where I interviewed Nicolas Cage and I had actually interviewed Emma Stone earlier in the day, and it went 
poorly because of a poorly phrased question from yours truly. And it was about The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And a couple of minutes later, like an hour later, I'm so nervous because I know it's like my last assignment. And I've got the phone and it was this iPhone cover that uh, Emily had gotten for me for my birthday, uh, you know, a couple weeks earlier. Uh, And I knew that like going into it, I wanted to show it to Nick Cage. And uh, then I got like so demoralized by how poorly the interview with Emma Stone and Ryan Reynolds went, where I effectively asked Emma Stone uh, some version of a question. Like it it was really well put together in my head, where it's like, well, it seems like the Amazing Spider-Man Two has so many different elements going on in the movie. Like Dane DeHaan is in it, Jamie Foxx. Like all of these things are happening, and your relationship with as Gwen with Andrew as Peter was like so central to the first one, and so like just like can you track sort of like the balance throughout the movie? But like the way that it like came out was like, so you're gonna be in the next movie, right? Uh, and she's like, well, I was filming yesterday, so I hope so. Uh, and then Ryan Reynolds looked at me and he just shook his head and goes, come on, Josh. Uh, and I literally like, I walked out of the room being like, I'm sorry, guys. And I left. It was horrible. Uh, and so I was so demoralized. And then I sat down with Nicolas Cage and we just like kind of hit it off. It was like this weird thing where like we just started talking about like uh, the, the Superman movie that never was. The quote from that interview actually ended up in um, uh, the late John Schnepp's uh, Superman, uh, the death of Superman lives documentary. Uh, and, and we talked about Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, which I hope someday we'll talk about here because I secretly love that movie. And I told him like, I kind of Insane. love that one. And he's like, I think we really got it on that one. <laughs> I think we really got it. Yeah, I, I, he really I think thought that, it was that, that movie was and really then at good. the very end, I showed him my my Nick Cage iPhone cover, and he loved it. And he went, he went, he was like, "Is this something you could buy?" And on years of reflection, I have the video of it somewhere. Uh, I've posted I it occasionally. I love I'll, that video so I'll much. I'll post it in the Discord just as a repost. Uh, on years of reflection, this was seven years ago. Now, part of me wonders if he's like, "Is that something you could buy?" Because I got to find out who was making it and sue them for the for the rights. Uh, but he had the no, very his- least. His genuine excitement when he when you showed it to him and he did that like oh my god he does like a double take yeah it was really really great so obviously I love Nicolas Cage Uh, you know he cracks me up Uh, he he kills me and so him being associated with Spider Man you can imagine them coming to him with the idea and him just being like oh yeah absolutely Uh, and just like being (laughs) like a million percent hooked into it Uh, and him doing Spider Man noir it's just like the absolute perfect spider-man type of role for nicholas cage uh like for a man who loves comic books who loves superheroes who named his kid after superman who tried and failed to be ghost rider just because he wanted to do one so much that he named himself nicholas cage in no small part as tribute to power man uh, to luke cage uh you know like for him to finally like get one superhero role where like yeah, he a million percent hit it. Uh, it's just fabulous to me. Everything about Spider-Man Noir just destroys me. Yeah, I... Okay, so let's... Let, like, okay, first off, as you know, um, or maybe people don't know, I, I generally try to avoid spoilers in movies. I try to avoid trailers if it's a movie I really love and I'm going to watch. Um, so when it came to the voice cast, I think the only one I knew was Spider-Ham, um, because I, you know, I, I, I was such a big John Mulaney fan. I think I, it was, it, it was impossible to escape for me. Uh, I had no idea about Chris Pine. I had no idea about Jake Johnson. I had zero idea about Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah. So when he spoke and I was just like, is that Nick Cage? 
lost my mind. I mean, like I knew about Spider-Man Noir as a character, and of course this is a, a version of it. But like I, I I love that time period. I'm a huge fan of of uh, of, of pulp. Um, another not surprising little known fact about me. Uh, so like so much about that character, I'm really really just into in, in the concept to have Nick Cage doing it and his delivery. The like absurdity of it all is so good. Wherever I go, the wind follows. Yes. Like you know stuff yes. like that is just so great when he's there with the. <laughs> With the uh, Rubik's Cube, and he's like, is yes. this purple? No. I don't understand I this, love how but I he, will. He's like emotional departures, like, I'm going to take this. <laughs> yes. It's so good. It's so great. Yeah. And I love at the end, he's there, you, you see him in the credit scene where he has, like, the amazing Rubik's Cube, the only element of color in his black and white world. Like, it's so great. And, like, yeah, like low-key, he might be my favorite because of, like, little things like that because it's Nick Cage. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, that's another character that I think is just so fun to introduce. And then, of course, there's Penny Parker. Yeah. Uh, which is just just ripped straight out of anime style. Like, the, yes. the, the influence of the anime aspect of it is so evident. I love the idea that they turned the spider <laughs> to, to, like, her friend who lives inside, like, a mechanical spider. Like, all those little evolutions and aspects of it. I love that, you know, obviously her hyper-intelligence, again, as a, 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 a Peter Parker version that exists in the world. I love when they use the little robot as <laughs> as, like, the tray inside when they're breaking into the Kingpin's uh, uh, party in Gala. Um, so, yeah, it's just, again, like, another character also, that like is the so robot is sort of, like, that late-stage character loss, too. So, like, yes. they're able to build some emotionality into that is is impressive. Uh, but I, Apparently, I, they actually wanted to kill Penny Parker originally, which I'm is I'm so glad they didn't do that. <laughs> I think, like, we'd probably not be talking about the movie the same way. Um, so, I'm glad they didn't do that. I think that they yes. probably did enough with Chris Pine, and they certainly did enough here with uh with uh destroying the 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 mech but um it's not just that they of course the the anime piece of it but like when these three different spider-men uh come into the to the to the to the fray uh you have now three very distinct styles are suddenly being foisted into the film um whether it's it's through penny parker and anime or it's like this like very moody black and white style through Spider-Man Noir or it's the Looney Tunes of Sp- of Spider-Ham. So like how are you able to do all this and it's like it's it's intermingling seamlessly like this is like it's it's like a it's a very rich nuanced broth. It's just insane that they are able to feed all of these things into the pot the way that they do. Uh, it's just such an impressive feat to me. Uh, the fact that, like, you know, we're talking about a movie that has six, seven Spider-Men, Spider-People centrally in the film at certain points, and all of them across the board, I think you and I agree, we would give, like, full marks to. Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, I, I I think you were also expressing this specifically, but just in case you weren't to call it out more directly, like, not only is it style of tonality between um, between uh, Spider-Man Noir, Penny Parker, and Spider-Ham, but it's also animation style. That is what, yes, the, absolutely, yeah. yes. The, 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 the way that they that they melded that was was so great and, like, Incredible. so fascinating and, and able, like, watching that as they all coexist and intermingle. And once they're all together and they're all interacting and they're all talking, and that's a really pivotal scene, too, you know, when they're talking to Miles, again, about how can this kid, like, is he ready for this? Like, hey, you know, we've all been doing this. We all know the risks. Like, do we want this kid to be brought in? And they talked to him about, like, can you get hit 
And, you know, can you get knocked down and get back up again? And it's something Chris Pine even says at the beginning about getting knocked down and get back up again. I believe Chumbawamba also sang about yes, this. Uh, fam- fam- famously, they, yes. Famously, they are all Spider-Mans. Uh, a little known fact about Chumbawamba. Yeah. Um, but, like, that is the big moment at the end of this movie, right? Like, he gets knocked down by Kingpin. He's on the ground. And he gets back up before he, you know, he, he, he hits that final blow with the hay. And I think that's such a great thing. Again, the little stuff in this movie that they, that they interweave, the idea of they all experience love. I love that scene where it's just like, you know, for me, it was my Uncle Benjamin. You know, for me, it was my best friend. <laughs> my like, Uncle Benjamin kills yeah, me. Yeah, I love that. Uncle Benjamin, not Uncle, yeah. Uncle Benjamin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, originally, Peter Par- Par- Porker also had one, but they cut it because it was too, like, it didn't fit enough. Like, it, too, it felt too somber for that character. But you did have his emotional moment. He's sitting there cartoonishly crying. I think it works so well. I think they all bring these different elements to the character. But again, the details are, 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 are slightly different but the heart is the same yeah. um and like they just oh my god the fight in aunt may poor aunt may's house that that's like just uh well first off when when she when they all start showing up in the house uh when all the bad guys show up i love aunt may's just like oh good it's live like i just love her delivery of that which will get to live um and of course like i said you know we don't pick the ballroom we just dance but that action seems so great watching them all you know fight and interact uh, uh again in the end fight scene even like seeing their different styles and workings and similarities at the same time it's just so good it's just this is why i love this stuff dude i love the idea of this i don't for me the multiverse is so fascinating because i love seeing these different versions of the characters existing within their own worlds i would love to read every a story featuring every single one of these characters in their world i don't need them to be doing this all the time where their crossovers in fact i think they should cross over very 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 rarely yeah. but this is a perfect example of how a crossover like this can work i don't think they all need to coexist all the time but this is this is it, it was part of the story it was the importance of the story is why they're all here and i think it works so well and it's while of the multiverse being able to be like i can read spider-man in the noir universe i can read spider-man as a you know how old would he be at this point our age oh god is he our age you did say that late 30s jesus christ um right. Right. You know, our right. age, yeah, you know, know, like going I through know. relationship issues. You're so uh, old, Kevin. You're so old. Yeah, you 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 are the Chris Pines of my Peter B. Parker. Um, I know. So. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I you know, it's just, yeah, I, I love this stuff, dude. I love it. I love it. And I love the variations because then we get, we get Liv. We get Liv. That little, <laughs> that little twist that's so awesome when it happened. Let's, let's put a pin in that. Let's take a quick break, throw it to commercial, and then let's pick right back up with that very topic. I really want to dig into that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. We are back. Um, let's talk about uh, 
the villains of this movie, we've talked about Prowler quite a bit already, um, a bit about Kingpin. I can, I can, not that I could take or leave Kingpin. He doesn't wow me the way that I think maybe he, he wows some people. I mean, he's gigantic. And I think that the, the art style for him is kind of cool. Um, but give me D'Onofrio still. Um, maybe this is a piece of why I'm as down on Alfred Molina as Dr. Octopus as I am is because like, I saw what they did with Catherine Hahn as, uh, as Doc Ock in Spider-Verse. And of all the things that happened in this movie for me, Kevin, the moment in theaters that I will never forget, the one that stays with me the most is, uh, watching her transform, uh, into like that moment where she's revealed as Dr. Octopus. And, like, they've already been, like, seeding this a little bit with, like, the fact that Green Goblin is, like, the size of, like, a 100, you know, uh, Green Goblins. It's, like, one uh, Green Goblin-sized duck. For, I don't know how you do it. Uh, <laughs> the horse-sized duck, the bunch of duck-sized horses. You know, the, I know, you know what the, you're trying to do, question. and I love your struggle trying to get <laughs> it's it. It's hard. It's tough. Uh, but the, what they do with Doc Ock at that point, like, there's like this piece of like, shit, I should have seen it coming. Uh, like I should have known, but I wasn't even thinking that Dr. Octopus was going to be a woman in this, uh, that that was not even on my radar as a possibility. Um, you know, it's just, it's such a fun twist. She's so great. The relish with which she plays that character. This is a part of why I'm like a little bit bummed that it seems like they're just going to have Alfred Molina be Doc Ock again. It's like the inventiveness of the villains too in this is something that I I take to heart in a very big way with Spider-Verse. Because it's not just a movie about, like, all the different ways that, like, anyone can be the hero. It's like, anyone can be the villain, too. You know, it takes one bad day. Uh, and they do a really, really great job of expressing all of the different villains. Uh, and uh, Liv is my, by far, absolute favorite. And score-wise, Kevin... She ranks so high. Just uh, we're not going to be able to get into the scores for absolutely everything this week because there's just too many things to rate. Um, but I'll tell you this: that not only is Liv's Doc Ock from Spider Verse the the highest ranked villain in Spider Verse, according to you, me, and the listeners of Everything Is Super, uh, she is uh, higher than uh, than than Alfred Molina's Doctor Octopus as well. Uh, and it's not just because I rated him uh, relatively low, all <laughs> things considered. She is uh, significantly higher as far as an audience score is concerned. And she's so high up there that she is just barely behind the title holder as far the as the Spider-Man villains. She is just beneath Vulture. That's how, I, that's how successful... Uh, the the Liv Octavius. Uh, my friends call uh, me Liv. You can call me Doc. I, I'll, 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 okay, uh, Alex, I absolutely accept that. I do think Vulture is a little bit better because we got a little bit more. But before I even get into Liv, I do want to talk about Kingpin real quick because I do think Kingpin really works in this movie because he is the villain that 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 we he is a villain that, uh, he's brought to life in the right way from the comics. This is this is this is a guy who's just selfish and greedy and uses his power and his money to get whatever he wants, damn the consequences. And I think it works really well in my opinion. Like there's not a lot of lot to him, but they give us enough to him that that he ha- he's driven by something familiar, his own hubris really, the idea of wanting to bring back his family even though his family left and their death was essentially caused by him. Um I think that's so interesting and and does give a depth to that character. Um and I love uh, a little a little thing as well. One, oh, well, two things. One, uh, I believe it's 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 Leif Shriver v- v- yes. voicing uh, him, which 
A plus, sure. uh, from uh, from Scream and uh, Sabretooth. Yes, um, I believe also, of course, Ray Donovan, Ray Donovan himself. Of yes. course, yes. Um, a weird thing uh, when they're going through at the end, and you're seeing the flashes of the different uh, Vanessas and Richards. Uh, one of the Richards has a different haircut and wears red sunglasses. Uh, oh, so that weird. was yeah. yep. That was very clearly a Daredevil reference. Like he took in because like Daredevil is connected to Kingpin. He took him in when uh, when his dad died. I think that's really interesting. Um, so like I do like Kingpin as a villain in this a lot. Um, I don't think he ranks as well as the best villain in here, which is in fact Liv. That moment. Oh my god! First off, it's interesting because they do lay the groundwork. You see Liv earlier when they're when they're uh, when Miles is coming into his classroom late. There's the video playing on the back on the screen on the overhead projector, and it's Liv on on her bike. Uh, and and you actually see Doctor Olive, and like you don't fully see it, but Miles does shift briefly, and you do see an O uh, right after her name. But it is so quick that that you would miss it. So it's there. The clues are there when when they break in originally and Peter's talking about how he's going to find the lead scientist. The 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 man that they're concentrating on has a bowl haircut and the the giant Doc Ock glasses. And when he corrects him and he says, well, oh, actually, it's a woman and Liv shows up. That's a small clue. So like it was there. And I really love that. But like the reveal when it happened, that line. Of just like, let me guess, your friends call you Doc Ock, and it's like, oh no, my no, friends, my friends call, call me Live. Uh, which again, when Aunt May then says, "Oh, good, it's Live," I love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's such an awesome reveal, such an awesome design for the character. Like when she yes. puts her hair up. Look, I, I'm just gonna be honest. Like I'm super into you love hair. Olivia Octavius you love, as well. You love hair. I do, but that <laughs> style was awesome. But like as a character, super into Olivia Octavius. Like I know I have problems, but whatever. It helps that Can, also we're gonna Catherine talk Han, offline after this. Uh, I won't so do this to funny. you on the air. Uh, Catherine Hahn is so hilarious um, as an actress and as a comedian. I'm beyond psyched that she is in WandaVision. I hope uh, that she secretly live. I hope I mean, that the twist in WandaVision wild. is that she's Doc Ock. <laughs> that'd be wild. But also the character I think is so great. Can you like, imagine if they pulled that trick off twice? It would be How incredible would that be? It would be mind-blowing. It would be so would, great. It would be so <laughs> I would great. Lose my goddamn it would be mind. so great. It would be so great. But like uh even to the character this this the scientist gone wrong where like when she says the line of just like i can't wait to watch it happen her excitement over the multiple spider people uh, there was just there's just so much to that character that i think works and it is clearly doc ock not just because of the costume not just because of the tentacle arms but because of like personality and and and, and that corrupted scientist i think works so well um, and just her fight later on, the way she's just like <laughs> chasing after Peter Parker and her fascination over this uh, over invisible miles. Like there's just so much in there that works so well uh, for her as a villain. And especially in the context of this very, very comic book movie that we have enough that we don't need your like Thanos level backstory or anything like that for this character. And it works. Yeah. Uh, also, I believe uh, Tombstone is in this, right? Yes, it doesn't really also totally count. I don't think it's like a rankable no. villain. Neither uh, the Scorpion, really. Yeah, uh, Scorpion's in. Oh yeah, Scorpion is in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but I just love Tombstone, so I love like seeing Tombstone show up. <laughs> yeah, he pulls out his two guns and like live like grabs him by the throat, and there's like that brief standoff. <laughs> Great. This, movie's, this movie's crazy. Let's get into some feedback because people love this movie. We've got a lot of great testimonials for it, including from Todd the Librarian, who says this movie's currently sitting at number one 
on both my animated film and superhero film rankings. This movie blew me away when I saw it in theaters. Of the countless things I loved about Into the Spider-Verse, one aspect that had the biggest impact on me was how much the movie emulated a comic book. And not in the backhanded compliment way that many live-action movies get painted with the comic book brush because of their bombastic action and outsized personalities, though those are present here too. For me, the film captured the expansive universe that typifies the superhero comics I grew up reading. The movie is able to convey a sense of history for the characters without falling into the trap of over-explaining or oversimplifying the characters' relationships, origins, powers, and etc. The filmmakers respected the audience's ability to read between the lines, freed from the impulse to ground the film in a so-called reality that has so often undone live-action adaptations. They made a film that feels like a glimpse at a larger world that I can't wait to explore even further. The great Professor Strunk, your friend and mine, Kevin. Uh, Who joined us in, for uh, Spiderman uh, number in, three. Indeed. Uh, Professor Strunk writes and says, I love this movie. I love its visual style. I love its story, its humor. Above all, I love its message. Anyone can wear the mask. Does anyone else come out of this movie feeling utterly empowered? There's so much heart here, so much love. The What's Up Danger montage, it makes me tear up every time. Spider-Verse is a sublime experience from start to finish. To me, it's the best Spider-Man movie, and I don't think it's close. This is what I mean by, like, this is a chart breaker, Kevin, because I think when you put this up against even Homecoming and Far From Home, for me, I I would... throw this so much further down the field if i could absolutely and i think you know i i said this before like i wasn't always the hugest spider-man fan i didn't dislike spider-man i love spider-man but he wasn't huge on my list and like i never fully grasped like why people like the character and this movie was a huge huge factor for it i really loved homecoming i really loved everything there um but like this movie is just the moment of just like Oh, I get it. Yeah. And this in the video game. Those are two I, I've often called out. And I do think that anyone can wear the mask is such a huge thing. We talked about, you know, why the Marvel Universe succeeds so well. And like when 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 the Marvel Universe started in comparison to DC, it was all about like the everyday people almost. They were dealing with real world issues. Their secret identity was a quote unquote the real identity. More than anyone else, I think more than Captain America, who's a super soldier, more than like uh, the Fantastic Four, who have these like super genius like space adventure stuff. And even though Spider-Man, again, is super smart, anyone can wear the mask. Anyone could be that. He was just a kid bitten by a spider. And I think that is something that's super empowering to that to that note. I think there is something really empowering to Spider-Man. I think any one of us could be Spider-Man. I think that's the key. Any single one of us could be that guy. Because we're, he's just using his powers to do good. But the person underneath that mask is not anyone that's crazy or different. If you look at something like Superman, who I love, is my favorite character. Superman is an ideal. He's something to strive towards. He's something that, 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 that we can look up to. People who are like, oh, Batman's grounded because we can be Batman. No, you can't. You'll never be as jacked as Batman. And you'll never be as rich as Batman. There's a couple people right now who are rich enough to be Batman. You know what they're doing? Not being Batman. Yeah, so sure. I don't think <laughs> Batman's a character even people can be. But I think there's something to Spider-Man. There's something so relatable and so that you can see yourself as that you really do think... I could be Spider-Man, but you never really think you could be Batman, you could be Superman, you could be the Fantastic Four. And I think that is the power of this character, and that's what's almost like shown in this movie. The idea that anyone can be Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's really beautifully done. Uh, This is from David Maloney, a.k.a. Drayson in the Discord, who writes it and says, Into the Spider-Verse is the best movie that has been made about Spider-Man and one of the best superhero movies ever made. If I was ranking it on the same six-point scale as everything the Super generally uses, 
I would give it a 10 out of 6. Maybe even a 12. It's that good. It made, me, it made me, a person ambivalent to Miles Morales, love him with the same intensity that I've loved Peter Parker for over 30 years. A lot of that comes from how strongly I identified with Peter B. Parker. And through that identification, was able to relate to Miles. A lot of that comes from just reaching an age and place in life where I connect so much with Jefferson Davis, Miles' father, and his struggle to express to his son how much he loves and treasures him and believes in his ability to achieve greatness, even as Miles naturally pulls away and tries to assert his own identity. Part of what makes this movie amazing is how it works on that level, while also emotionally connecting to my son and empowering him and and kids his age through the the story of Miles realizing that he can be Spider-Man, that anyone can be Spider-Man. David concludes by saying this movie changed me for the better and that's what the best art does and i think that's you know powerful it is powerful and i think that speaks to some of the stuff i mean we talked about that anyone can wear the mask you know and this is a longer conversation actually came up in the discord um that one day maybe we'll get into i'll find the right place for it but you know we talk about the core tenets of a character and it is it is a strong belief of mine that like race isn't always a core tenet of character there are instances where where it is and i think almost all people of color characters there there it is um but for so many other characters who originated it's not a key um key factor there's like one or two exceptions which again longer conversation for another time but i think for spider-man especially like this is this is showing that idea that it really isn't connected because it's not just you know about race it's not even about gender the again anyone literally means anyone you have miles morales who, who's you know um half black half latino you have gwen who, who's female uh you have an older 20 you know 30 oh god our age uh 30 something year old peter parker um you have a younger peter Spider-Man. parker man yeah and even beyond that you got a humanoid you have, pig you have a humanoid <laughs> pig who can be spider-man you have you yeah. have a noir 1930s version you have an anime character version and i think that's the importance of why uh, like why they also did what they did here right like you have like all these wacky weird versions but i don't think it's just for fun i think it's because when they're putting the idea forward that it's literally anyone can be spider-man you have to show these extremes you have to show how insane it is to prove the point almost like you have like an older version but peter and gwen even are grounded in certain aspects of reality that you're just like okay i get the message once you bring in the absurd stuff and when you show that even peter porker can be spider-man because he shares the same heart and qualities of the character the core tenets of the character to make the character what it is i think your message is being shown that way yeah for sure. Uh, let's throw it to Riley, who always has a lot to say. This is Riley's take on Into the Spider-Verse. Riley says, what I want to talk about most, what makes this movie perfect for me, is how emotionally powerful it is in the emotional arcs that our three main leads have. Miles, Peter B. Parker, and Gwen. This movie made me so emotional the first time I watched it in theaters, and every time I watched it since, I always get teary-eyed at the original Peter's death and the reaction of Miles, New York's reaction, the Stan Lee cameo, which is the best Stan Lee cameo in all of the things, uh, and MJ's speech. Uh, I'm the one who said that's the best Stan Lee cameo in all of the things, by the way. I'm just inserting myself into It's Riley's his last cameo, cameo, officially, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Indeed. And, it is, and I uh, think it's, it's absolutely appropriate that it's Spider-Man, and it's saying what he said about Spider-Man. Yeah, it made me ugly cry in theaters. Uh, Riley continues, My first comic book was Ultimate Spider-Man number one, and I fell from comics until Death of Ultimate Spider-Man came out, which actually brought me back to comics, and reading Peter Parker's death broke me emotionally, and this movie fully captures that feeling. 
felt like I was seeing what broke me emotionally reading the comic book come to life. In just a couple of scenes, they fully captured who Spider-Man was and what he meant to New York and the world and to Miles, and they capture that intense emotion, and it just gets me every time. The beauty of Peter Parker becoming Miles' Uncle Ben moment is so poetic and tragic, and it captures it's captured so well in this movie. Uh, and then Riley continues to say the emotional arcs of Miles, Peter, and Gwen, they're done so excellently. Seeing Miles come to term with his powers and the guilt he feels over Prime Peter's death and his uncle Aaron's death into becoming his own Spider-Man, gaining the confidence to truly be who he is meant to be, it's excellent. The scene with his father on the other side of the door, trying to tell Miles about his uncle and telling Miles how much he loves him and knows he'll do great things, being the inspiration for Miles to take that leap of faith, culminating in his arc, it's a thing of beauty. Yeah. It's so good. It's, it's really so good. Great. And yeah, ah, uh, God, this movie. Wow, this movie it's just, it's just so much. It's just so much. Uh, this is from Todd, who says uh, that there's some Blu-ray extra stuff on the Blu-ray. They have a cut uh, with deleted scenes from an earlier draft swapped in over unfinished animatics. I did not know this. Uh, it's almost two and a half hours long. Um, uh, it has Ganky uh, and his friendship with Miles. Uh, is Ganky the name of a character? Yeah, it's a name of a character from the Ultimate Spider-Man comics. Uh, it's who a lot of people say Ned is based off of, mm. um, and it is his roommate. In in we do see this character in uh, in uh, in the movie. It's just that he hasn't introduced himself to his roommate. Yeah, which I think works really really well for 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 this film. Though I, th- I think Miles feeling feeling isolated is a big part of this movie. So him having the friendship with Genki, I don't think would have worked uh, as well in terms of messaging. So one thing that that I think leaps us into. Uh, is the idea that there's going to be a sequel to this, and there's yes. setups for it, right? Like you know, Miles uh, opening up to the to the roommate and his like final, uh, you know, the the final rush of the movie. He's talking about uh, how he, you know he he announces himself as Spider Man to his roommates. That, that would be something to be explored in a sequel. There's also Gwen like opening up the portal to him at the end. Um, is there? We didn't any- talk about the post credits. I don't know that I saw the post credits, Josh. You ever seen the postcards in this movie? I'm not sure that I have. They introduced another. They introduced two other Spider Men. Stop it. Yes. Are you serious? Yes, they did. I can't believe you haven't said. Can we? Can we pause the podcast? Can All you right. Google right now? We're gonna you YouTube this. We're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna pause the podcast real quick. I'm gonna go watch the post credit scene of Into the Spider Verse, and then you will get my reaction live. What? <laughs> I was Excuse waiting for you to get me? to the big part too. Excuse me? <laughs> That's crazy. How did I never know that that was a thing? Right, right. Dude. I can't believe I violated the rule. I should have known. You got to go all the way through, and I didn't you, both times. You, you got to go all the way through. And what's amazing too uh, that's so Spider Man 2099 and the 1960s yes. Spider Man. Do you know who is voicing Spider Man no. 2099? Uh, one, Mr. Oscar Isaac. Stop it. Yup. I believe it's just one Isaac to be fair, but oh, sorry. Oscar Isaac is voicing ah! Miguel, the Spider-Man of 2099, um, which then he jumps in once he, once he jumps into the Spider-Man 67, uh, car- oh my God. And they're doing the pointing meme. Oh, oh my God. Beautiful. Beautiful. Please <laughs> make sure that these are essential elements of the sequel. I, I need that. I want that. I need that, Kevin. <laughs> 
And there's a um, lot more. That was in, very you know, pure. That was very pure. Not a bit like I had not seen it before. That was wonderful. It's great. <laughs> it's I saw your face change the, because I was waiting for when he jumps into 67. Yeah. And your face change was so beautiful. Oh, um, yeah. And, and there's a, that's the thing. There's a lot more that you can explore in terms of like the, the characters to pull in. Right. There's obviously the ones we know, but they have potential to bring in all these others. There is an Indian Peter Parker that they could yeah. bring in, which obviously would get me very excited. Yeah. Uh, there's a character called Spider's Man, which is Spider-Man who is made up of spiders. Multiple spiders. It's literally yeah. spiders in his costume. Yeah. Uh, so like it's really there's so much to pull. And there's so many things they can do with this. That's that's really fun that I am excited for a sequel. I don't know what the sequel is going to be. I get a little bit worried and hopefully it's not rushed because this movie took a long time to make. So um, I want them to take their time with it and not just have to force it out because of Sony. But um, yeah, I'm definitely excited for a sequel. Well, so as we reach the end of the line here, uh, I think, you know, it's again, like we can't, we're not just going to go through all the rankings of everything, but this is, it's the top ranked Spider-Man movie on our list by a lot, uh, like significantly higher than even Homecoming. Um, it's significantly higher than Far From Home. It is uh, a full, it is more than a full point beyond the, the first, uh, beyond <laughs> Spider-Man 2, which is the highest ranking Raimi. Um, we've got Doc Ock, who's, who's number two on our villain rankings. The Prowler is number three on our villain rankings. Uh, we've got Miles' suit is number two overall. Like, this is a movie that's just like hitting, hitting, hitting. And Miles is higher than Tom Holland in our, in our hero rankings. And then literally every single one of the Spider-Men uh, featured in Into the Spider Verse is higher than Toby and Andrew Garfield <laughs> significantly, and I think this is where we start to get into like t- the territory is a little bit unfair uh, because of uh, you know we're you know we're talking about like uh, portrayals across multiple movies versus just like one and done and like effectively like sidekicky type roles, and I think that there was just like no way um, that we were going to walk out of this without all of the Spider Verse uh, Spider Men being as highly ranked as they were. So, you know, it's it's not a surprise to me, but I think it is such a testament to how much this movie is beloved, uh, that it is just like a deeply adored film, um, as it should be. In fact, really quickly, uh, I do think, yeah, uh, the, the Miles Morales spider suit is actually the number one, uh, number one spider <laughs> suit on the board. That's kind of amazing. Um, so, you know, into the spider verse, I think is like aspirational stuff. That's like lightning in a bottle type stuff. Like I would, I would put into the spider verse right up there with the best of the best of the MCU. Um, like I, I think that there really is an, like coming back to this and like it exceeding the hype the first time. And then like, kind of like having like this weirdly like middle bar expectation coming back into it to just like have it be like something that I would chip away at because time was tight for me. To suddenly being this thing that like I'm now up deep into the night. And I was like raving about it in the Discord to a few people who were also awake at the same time. It was a really, really fun and communal experience. And I think that that is a big piece of this movie and why I think this is absolutely the right place for us to pause our Spider-Man journey, at least for now. You know, a big piece of why we did this is because it definitely the temperature in the room indicates that something like this is happening again. Uh, that that the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Sony in in concert with one another are aiming for something similar, but for live action. And could it be that a year from now, when that movie is supposed to come out, we'll be talking about a movie that is like comparable to this one? 
Lord, I hope so. I think it'll be very, 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 very difficult. But is it impossible? I don't know. Certainly, we've seen the MCU hit very high heights with its depiction of Spider-Man. And I know we don't want to lay this really deeply at the feet of Sony, but Sony came out with the... Sony owns the best Spider-Man movie. And it isn't close. It really isn't close for me. So... I think to to land it here, and I think that this is a movie that you can you can mine a lot of lessons from, uh, probably a lot of wrong lessons in addition to the right ones uh, from you know certain like creator standpoints. Um, but I think as a, happened before, Dark Universe. As a as a as a viewer, as a fan, uh, it just it 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 makes me happy, uh, and it's just such an impressive feat. It's very, very cleverly written. It is really, really immaculately constructed. It's rich with so many great characters. It's so funny. There's so many secrets embedded in this movie. Uh, it's, it's, it is all of the Spider-Man superlatives in, in one. Uh, so I think as we were going into the Spider-Verse, to even deign to go deeper beyond this point uh, towards Venom as like our coda, it just that does not taste right to me. So I'm I'm really thrilled that we're landing this thing here, Kevin. Yeah, same. I think this is the the, the right place to to put a cap on this. Um, with this movie that again, just just so much of it I loved from the, from the voice acting to the character work to again the multiverse stuff that I, that I really adore. There were so many things that that, that came out afterwards that got me uh, fan art that got me excited in terms of like people doing this with like the multiverse of Batman because there's a lot. Uh, to the idea of a Superman one, I mean, I would first of all, I would just kill for a good Superman movie at this point. I know. Although, <laughs> yeah. although we're we're, we're kind of seeing a good Superman movie next week, so here we are, um, which we'll talk about. Sure. But uh, you know, uh, it, it's it's just it hits so many wonderful, amazing notes. Um, I do want to call out one thing before uh, we fully fully wrap up too. Um, uh, I took notes. I took as many as I could. Uh, so, uh, as we know, um, Miles does not live in the traditional Marvel universe. Uh, Peter B. Parker is actually from the, the, the traditional Marvel universe. According to the film, he is the 616 version of the character. So they speak, um, th- this one's a little bit different. You could notice it because of like the Coca soda, but I tried to take notes of, of differences. So we have, uh, instead of planet Hollywood, they have planet Inglewood. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of Shaun of the dead, they have from dusk till Shaun. Uh-huh. Of this, is, this is in Miles' universe. This is in Miles' universe. Yes. Instead of Bridesmaids, they have baby showers. <laughs> Instead of um, the Blue Man group, it is the Red Man group. Uh-huh. Instead of FedEx, it is Red X. And a, a very, very funny one. Uh, John In, in our universe, uh, John Mulaney and Nick Kroll have a show that they do called Oh Hello. And you actually see a billboard up for it with Nick Kroll and John Mulaney in Miles' universe, and it's called Hi, Hello, uh, which is a, a subtle but phenomenal uh, reference. So those yeah. are some of the ones I caught that, that really I just It just speaks adored. to how detail-oriented the movie mm-hmm. is. Like, it's just like it, everything matters. Everything yes. matters in this movie. It's just like It really love- took the time. Yeah, uh, it's 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 really meticulously crafted. I'm not going to read the feedback on here because I don't agree with it and it's my podcast. But uh, there is a piece of feedback that we received talking about like why this movie is overhyped. And then that email concludes. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Stefan. Uh, the email concludes with giving the movie a 5.4. <laughs> 
<laughs> so like, what are you talking about? Like, this is this is it. This is the one. This movie. It it is. You're just you're just like uh, naysaying to naysay if you don't think this movie is great. Uh, or maybe animation's not your thing. Which you know, if that's if that's you, that's fine. Uh, I mean, fine. Like emphasis. I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, but like, this is this is the perfect Spider-Man movie to me. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't know how this ever gets topped. I don't think that it can be. And again, like I can look at movies like, I mean, look, sometimes movies aren't for you. I, I, you know, Winter Soldier did not get as high of a score for me as it did for other people because like the style of the movie was not exactly my thing. Um, I love Logan. Um, I have feelings towards Westerns that are sometimes touch and go, but I think Logan is the best version of that I have seen. And so like it gets a very high rating for me. It probably won't get as high as some other people like just not as good as X-Men first class for me for, for reasons. Um, so like, you know, I get it. It does happen. But you still have to acknowledge and giving it a 5.4 is, I think, the the right call. Because even then, it's still a great movie. This reminds me of a review I saw for something else. This, uh, I'm going to shout out, if I follow people on YouTube, there's a Cosmonaut Variety Hour. Love this guy's channel. Watch a lot of his stuff. He does a lot of reviews. And I forgot what it was, but he was, like, talking about talking about uh, something that he disliked, but acknowledged how good it was. And at the end, he's just like, so I give it a 7 out of 10. I hate it. And it's just like, <laughs> that's still such a great score. <laughs> that's funny. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so that's Spider-Man, Kevin. Uh, and, and very excitingly for... For a, a two podcast engagement, you know, we'll get to it in drips and drabs. I think, Kevin, uh, the DC universe. We're finally, we're finally cracking that open. Uh, we are, <laughs> and, and, and we get to have a conversation about it over the course of two podcasts. We get to thread that conversation through Wonder Woman, uh, and I know Wonder Woman specifically that first film um, from Patty Jenkins. Uh, I think is like the high bar of the DC cinematic universe as it exists. Uh, so I'm really excited to have. Uh, hopefully it will be a mostly positive conversation. Uh, cause I think that it's definitely an opportunity to like talk about like, um, that, you know, fledgling universe in comparison to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and what, uh, it's, it's doing right or wrong in, in contrast, uh, to, you know, the, the vast lion's share of the podcast that we have done so far. Um, but I think specifically Wonder Woman itself is such a high bar movie, uh, that I think it's, it's just going to be an exciting conversation for me. I'm, I'm really pumped to have it. Um, we're not going to do any rankings for it. Uh, we're just going to have straight conversation. You can send stuff in just if you want. We could just have it informally for like our own purposes, but we're not doing feedback. any kind of... We definitely want feedback, though. <laughs> we do want the feedback a million percent. Rankings, they'll be informal. If you want to send those in, feel free. But feedback, a million percent we want. Super at Post Show Recaps. com. You can also keep the conversation up with us in the patron discord and again if you're listening to this on time uh christmas eve 2 p.m eastern the batman returns watch along is happening in the discord consider becoming a member patreon.com slash post show recaps kevin any final takeaways from talking about spider-man over the past several weeks um i don't think anything that i've missed uh at this point i think you know i get the character at long last and in, in a way that i don't think i have in a long time. I think the multiverse helped for me. The idea of, of there are Spider-Mans for everyone. Um, it is, it is such a phenomenal character. It's amazing to see a character like this have such a lasting impact. It's amazing to see Miles Morales, um, have such an impact on everyone and, and the type of representation he brings in a way that I think we haven't really seen since Black Panther. Um, so it's, it's just great all the way through on this film. And I will say I'm really excited. Yeah. To crack open the DC universe. And I'm very excited to be cracking it open with, 
with Wonder Woman, a very good film as opposed to some of the other ones that we had an option to. Uh, and I'll save my, my takes for DC Universe till next week, but I'm really pumped about this. Cool. All right. So that's coming up. That'll be the last podcast of uh, 2020 for Pusher Recaps, by the way. will be our, oh. uh, our first Wonder Woman podcast. No pressure. Oh, God. Close this thing out in style. Oh, God. Uh, so <laughs> coming your way really, really soon. So get that feedback in super at poshorecaps.com. And one last time, once more, with feeling. All right, one last time, for real, Nickelback. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.